This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Shrink Chicks. Take a seat on our virtual therapy couch and get ready to learn all about, well, you. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're both licensed marriage and family therapists and relationship experts. We're the owners and founders of The Therapy Group, a nationwide psychotherapy practice with down-to-earth therapists just like us. Your session is starting, so get ready to know yourself and grow yourself. Hi. Hi. You ready for the question of the day? Always. All right. Maya wrote in and said, what is the most memorable or best compliment you have ever received? Okay. I don't know if it's the best one I've ever received, but it's the most memorable one. I was walking down the street with (laughs) my really good friend, Jamie. She's the best. The best. We love Jamie. And random woman passes by us and says, the two of you have great shoulders. (laughs) Oh, not like when you were told you have a neck of a goose, huh? No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that was a compliment. <laughs> but um, it was just so random, yeah, and so out of the blue that I'll remember it for. The, we talk about it all yes. the time. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm gonna just say I don't think I've ever noticed your shoulders, but I will be noticing them moving forward to see how they look. Listen, it was ten years ago. I don't know if my shoulders are the same. <laughs> I don't know what happens to shoulders over a decade. You know. <laughs> Okay, mine is such a good one. I'm ready. So when I was little, (laughs) I must have been in kindergarten. And I went to a kid's birthday party at like uh, fucking Leaps and Bounds. Did you have Leaps and Bounds? Remember that place? I had Discovery Zone. Discovery. It was exactly like Discovery Zone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe Leaps and Bounds turned into Discovery Zone, actually. Remember when you left, they had the the name tag ball? No. Oh my god, so you had a is. name tag when you were in there and then you left, you put it on this big ball and it like was a huge thing of cool. just name tags. Maybe that was leaps and bounds. I don't know. Okay, whatever. So I show up to this birthday party and I walk in and this little boy in my class goes, Mom, that's the girl with a face like an angel. Oh my God, that's so nice. And that little boy, his brother is now our landlord in Westchester. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Did you guys date in kindergarten? We listen. He, well, okay. I don't forget. I I repeated kindergarten, <laughs> so I I'm a twofer. I did two years of of the kindy of the kindy of the kindy, um, and so we did get in kindergarten, and then he moved up to first, and I did not. How is that? Um, was that where you guys broke up? Like, no, what was I, the I believe of it? it still stayed for a while after that. I can't really remember. You guys but are still he, dating. <laughs> but he had a pet monkey. And so obviously, if someone has a pet monkey, like <laughs> I just like I want to hang out with an animal. That's all I know. Yeah. 100%. Especially a it. monkey. Yes. But a face like an angel. Oh, we just found Wait, out. What? That one of our clinicians. Has a pet duck. Jocelyn. Has a pet duck. Wait. Nikki, please throw up some images now of Doug the Duck. But one of our amazing clinicians, let me be clear. If you want to hang out with the coolest therapist ever and you are in Florida, New York, and New Jersey, Jocelyn at our practice has a pet duck who lives with her. And she had she got it in September and she just told us, we were like, Jocelyn, what took you so long to tell us? Yeah, we should fire her just for that. I, I can't believe that I missed out on six months worth of of duck content oh my god and she wasn't putting it on social media like i'm not on social media but she wasn't putting it up it was the most exciting day of my life 
hearing about Doug the it's Duck. It's so cool. All right, we'll ask her to take a video with Doug. Yeah, And we'll post it on Trink Jigs. Okay, but we are here today. I have no idea how we're going to wrap. I don't know how we're going to well, transition well, before Doug we the Duck. Tra- before we transition, <laughs> I do want to mention something. Um, because we talked about mentioning this on the podcast, and I think it's really important. We are having an open house <gasps> at the therapy group. In both of our locations, um, yes. physical locations. And so if you are a clinician in the Westchester area, Philadelphia area, if you're in the area in some way and you want to come to one of our open houses to network, to meet us, to meet other therapists, to meet our therapists. Mm-hmm. It's an April. It, it's in April. Well, we're having two of them, so we haven't yes. really decided. But what we invite you to do is to send an email with your name, um, where you work to contact at the therapy And we will put you on the invite list and you can come to the therapy group. You can come to our open houses, enjoy some food and meet some of our clinicians and meet us. We would love to meet you. So send us an email. And like, you know, we're not that far from other places, man. Make the drive in. Come chill. New Jersey, if you're in New Jersey, yes, it's not that bad. Very close to Westchester. Yes. So come on out, hang out with us. It's such a good networking opportunity for you, for us, for everything. Also, just like we love hanging out with uh, clinicians. So it doesn't just have to be mental health, massage therapist, energy healing, a physical therapist. Come on out. We, we want to connect. To we want to collaborate. About that. Yep. Well, happy to we'll, throw it in. We'll, uh, we'll also throw it up on social media as well. Yes. But contact at thetherapygroup.com. Come hang out with us. Come hang out with us. We can't wait. Uh, um, I don't know how that, how you want to roll that somehow at the top of the show yeah. because the opposites attract. <laughs> <laughs> We're opposites. Yes, we are. And we, we attract. We do. We do. But wait, but let's talk about this. Okay, so let's we have to start out with this question, which is do opposites attract? I feel like they did at the start of the relationship, but 10 years later, it's killing us. And something Dr. Tracy said on our show a few months ago that I loved was typically what attracts you to a person initially is what you resent about them later on. So. My husband was like in college, right? Like he would just like he would do shit the last minute, right? Like we'd party, party, party. And then like the night before something, he'd stay up like all night long, which was like I thought was awesome in college because like that's normal. That's what people are doing. 14 years later, (laughs) I'm like, go to sleep. We have to be up in the morning. We have shit to do. Why do you procrastinate? Mm. So it is. I think it's very interesting. This person was able to identify that is that like things that work in the start of the relationship starts to kill you later on meaning we have to find a different solution and system boop boop bee. i think I, I don't know if you guys caught that but that was an original song <laughs> <laughs> just want to make sure everyone knows that that was original and on the spot <laughs> was someone thinking that that was <laughs> just want everyone to know that that was on the spot beautiful um no i i do think that's really common and i think I think it is easy to have an opposite. And it's also, it's nice in some ways, right? It creates a level of homeostasis. It creates a level of balance where places where you might have strengths, your partner may lack in those strengths. Place in which your partner has strengths, you may lack. I think where we come into conflict is where we expect our partner to become us Mm -hmm. um, and vice versa. And we get stuck in not being able to compromise with the other one or understanding that the way in which they 
process, deal with things specifically is helpful for them. And we do things a little bit different. When we get to the place where there is conflict in that, I think that's once again, where we get stuck and it's hard to figure out how do we navigate that? And we kind of hold it in instead of expressing it and saying, can we find a different way to do this? Right? Like, you know, when you also enter into like transitions in your relationship, like when you have a child, and I'm, I'm sure you can speak to this, where the differences in how you do things maybe didn't matter as much or didn't affect your relationship as much mm -hmm. until you have other things that are placed into your relationship or there's some sort of transition that you have to go through. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I think, you. yeah, you just don't notice them as much, right? Like, when I, we didn't have to wake up at six in the morning because we had a four-year-old in our bed. Whatever. I don't care what your schedule really is. If you're late for work, that shit's on you. It's totally different when your lives become way more intertwined. Yes. And I think that's especially a thing I, a lot of people wrote about um, financial differences, right? Someone being a saver versus a spender. And maybe at the beginning of your relationship, it's really nice because I'm a saver. This person pays for everything and spends. And that's awesome until we combine finances. And so I think it's so true. These things that are sort of sexy, interesting, mysterious, maybe feel really overwhelming and bring up anger for you later on. Yes. Yeah. We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50 to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out 
about the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops, and let me tell you, it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Someone wrote differences in life and big picture goals. Mm. Oof. That's a tough one. I mean, number one, here's my question. Are you married? <laughs> well, listen, here's the other part that we're going to have to talk about is like, we understand we're therapists and we love talking, but this is some shit you got to talk about, y'all. Yes. Like, truly, if you were in a relationship and thinking about living your life with somebody else, you should have these conversations sooner. And I know it's maybe not sexy or flirty or whatever. But it is really important because, I mean, we can't tell you people that show up in the office that are like, oh, we never talked about having kids. I have no interest in having kids and he wants a million. Yeah, like those are the types of things that are really important to talk about. Um, yeah. You know, there there might be big picture life goals that there can be some compromise on. For example, if one person's like, I really want to travel and the other person's like, I'm not really interested in travel. You can really travel by yourself. Like, would that do you need your partner in order mm -hmm. to travel? That's a question you can ask yourself. Like when you picture traveling, do you need your partner with you or can you do it separately if that's not a goal that they have? Or maybe once a year you go on a trip together and then the next year the other person does solo. Yeah. But I think here's when it becomes complicated, right? Like let's say you're someone who wants to put all of your finances into improvements on the house and the other person does not care about the house at all but only wants to put their finances towards travel. You're looking, I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> you're outing yourself right now speaking to my soul your facial expression outed you i did not out you just i couldn't help myself <laughs> for the record i wasn't even talking about you i was just saying the big picture but thank you so jen how does it sense you want to have a personal experience <sighs> Oh, God. Going through a major house renovation right now. My husband is a realtor and his home is very important to him. And and listen, I like that too. But is it my number one? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but I think here, here's what I think is helpful in navigating this difference. When we had always talked about doing a renovation, and even though it's not a priority to me, I understood that it was a priority to my husband and has always been a priority to my husband. And so during this conversation that we have about like, where are we going to put our finances? What are we going to focus on? I've said like, okay, once we do this, like I want to be able to save money to travel. Like traveling is really important to me. It's something that I really want to do. So as you're compromising, right, if you have different ideas about like where your finances are going, you can talk about that and say, okay, if we do this now, like I also need to do this afterwards. Like what does this look like in the future? If it becomes so one-sided, like nothing's ever 50-50, right? There are going to be times in your relationship where it leans one way and times in your relationship where it leads a different way. He is so affected because 
he's so detail oriented and he looks at houses all the time. He's so affected by his environment that I understood how important it was to him to make these edits to our house. Mm -hmm. So I could compromise on that. But I also am having the conversation around, well, this, listen, this is really important for you. I can support that, but let's talk about what this looks like in the future too. If I hold that in and I don't express it and I don't express what's important to me, then that could easily build resentment for me. So in that compromise where you're talking about those differences, it's important for both people to express their opinion. And it's not about right or wrong. It's about okay, maybe we lean a little bit this way in this moment, and maybe we're going to lean the other way in a different moment. Yeah. Well, and somebody talked about, I think that's also something to keep in mind is like, I, I like the analogy you just gave of leaning one way versus the other, right? And it brings up someone had written about it, like handling different parenting styles. If you come together, and this is also the importance of constructive communication versus conflict, right? If we come together and say we have very different parenting styles, when is mine maybe a little bit more useful versus when is yours a little bit more useful, right? So for me, my parenting style is very much like aware of her developmental stage, aware of her emotional stage and like that, you know what I mean? So like I am like soft and strong, but like very warm, right? My husband is a little bit more like keep this shit moving, let's go, right? And there is times that his is needed, like bedtime. <laughs> When she's just so tired, she just needs to go to bed. And me asking her how she feels a million times is not the most helpful thing, which really needs to happen, which is that she's tired and has to go to sleep. And so we know that in general, my husband has to handle bedtime. She sees me. Mom's the weakling. She knows it, right? <laughs> it's fine. We can talk about it. But I think this is the ability of saying being very reasonable and intentional about using your different skills together. We talked about this in someone else's podcast about like, it's not about right versus wrong. It's about what's workable. Yeah. So there are times that mine can be more helpful versus his. But when it's workable, we have to know the differences. And then we have to know when that person steps in, not when we attack each other. Yes. Well, can I ask you a question, Em? Because I think this will be helpful. Like, how long did it take for you guys to figure that out? To like figure out how do we use our differences? Like yeah, what four and a half to, years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what had to happen in order for you to figure out? A lot of fights. Yeah. So a lot of mine is better versus mine is better versus not working together. So I yes. think a lot of it. And let me tell you, especially when you're new parents in your first postpartum, that shit is such survival that like, you don't have the ability to like do some of the stuff we're talking about, right? Yeah. I think this comes over time. Just like, anything. The longer you're with someone, you know more parts of them. The longer that you're alive, you know more parts of yourself. And so I think it really does take time. But if you use some of these skills we're talking about sooner, you don't have to suffer as long as we did. Um, <laughs> we just talk about it, right? Here's the parenting style that's important to me. Here's what my parents do with me. Here's who I want to be. If my daughter gets hurt, she wants warm, cuddly mommy, right? Where's my mom? That's what she's going to say every time. That's no problem for me. I love being that person. But there's times that we really need dad there. Mm -hmm. And together, right? So using the different parts of both of ourselves. And for a while, I think it's really easy when you're also doubting your own, you're defensive. Yeah. 
Well, I, I like that you say that. Like when you became a mom, it was the first time you were learning any of yes. this to figure out like, who am I going to be as a mom? What does this look like? What's helpful? What's not helpful? And so is your partner, right? At the same time, figuring that out. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I said like, how long did that take is just to validate that in any transition, like this kind of thing takes time. And I think it highlights your differences too. Like it mm -hmm. can really highlight how you handle things differently, how you cope differently. And I think just really being conscious of that, that it's not about who's right and who's wrong or me versus you. It's like, how do we use these two new parts? How do we fi both figure out what this looks like for me, what this looks like for you? And how do we use them together? And what does that look like in this context? And that yeah. can take time. That can take years. Yeah, it really does. Okay, I got to bring up this one because I don't know, you know which one I'm going to bring up, right? No. Oh, someone wrote in how to handle different uh, political affiliations. Oh. Seems like a no-no these days. <laughs> uh. I think, well, I think you got to decide how much you're talking about. Okay. Right? What you're bringing into the conversation, how it's affecting your relationship. Could you be with someone of a different political affiliation? I think if there was like extremes, no. Yeah. Like, I just, I also Listen, think maybe 20 years ago, but shit's so different now. It's so different. The political divide is so bad. It and is. it's so heated. Yeah. I feel like 20 years ago, People could be married. Doesn't matter. Oh, this is who your dad is. Whatever. Like now it's like, oh, my God, your husband's yes. a Republican and it you're like a Democrat. who you are. Like it becomes so yeah. embedded and like, oh, this is who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess also for me, this, the social issues are so yes. significant because they like affect us so much. Yeah. I, I guess, think that's I guess part would, of it for me. I guess it would depend like what is the reason why they're on one side as opposed to another side it's, so this is, this is too raw for us we can't give advice about this huh well because i think i think it's i think it's a raw topic in general yeah and i think it's hard to give advice on it because i think you can really ask yourself like what are your values where does it fall like i think we're what we're really talking about is values yeah yes yes and that's that is why it's hard to talk about because it's not necessarily I mean, it is about politics, but it's also like, where do my value values system, fall yeah. in here and my value system? And the reason why it can be difficult in a relationship is that you're bringing up like it's highlighting differences in your values, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which that in and of itself, I think, can be really separating. Like, yeah can be really distancing because we don't sit down and talk about, well, what are your values? Here are mm -hmm. what my values are, you know, which we recommend, right? Once again, we're therapists. Yes. We recommend you talk about everything. But I think that in the divide, it really highlights the differences in your values, which can be a very touchy subject, especially mm -hmm. if you're married, because you're like, oh, I didn't realize that this was a value. This is a really strong value that I have. And I didn't yeah. realize that you don't agree with that or that's different for you. Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. how do I feel about you now? Mm -hmm. 
Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when pro says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink chicks say goodbye to the cheap razor era my friends it's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with athena club em and i just got back from an amazing trip to the caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice the therapy group and in haste of packing because yours truly is a packing procrastinator i forgot my athena club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth a mistake i will never make again the athena club hype is real the shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothest, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze. No more dealing with gooby blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises. And the quality of the shave is top notch. Those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly, leaving you a silky smooth skin every time. Plus, the water activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable irritation-free shave. Are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience? Switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code shrinkchicks at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. So then someone said, can religious and non-religious work? Once again, I think it depends on like how the like extremes of it and like how like if you're Amish and yeah. your partner's not, that's probably going to be a problem. Right. Well, I would think that if one partner is like so extreme that they probably wouldn't be with someone that's who probably isn't true. religious. Yeah. Um, but I mean, all right. It's so like my husband is like super anti 
religion. Like literally look at his nightstand and there's like a book that says like God is not great. So like my husband is like super, super anti. I am kind of like woo woo spiritual. You know this. Like I'm a little bit like, but it's not organized religion. Right. So like ours works fine because like I'm just like, I don't know, man, I got to talk to the moon. Oh, man. Last night before bedtime. You talked to the moon? Millie was like, I want to go out the door to talk to the moon. And I was like, it's raining out. We're not going to go out the door. She's like, can we open the window and talk to the moon? Beautiful. She's and also a like, spiritual lady. I know. Oh, my gosh. She loves nature. And so I'm like, yes. So then we like get down. I'm like, is this kid about to pray? Like, I was sort of like, what's happening right now? Right? Like, she gets down. She looks out the window. And she goes, I wish it was summer. <laughs> okay. I'm going to talk to the moon, too. <laughs> right. And I was like. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, right? Like, we are truly talking to the moon. <laughs> I But I didn't know that. where that was going to go. <laughs> and I'm going to try that tonight. Yes. And I hope that it works. Well, she got mad at me because then I said, I actually would like a tiny bit of more winter and then I'll take summer. <laughs> I like, I would, I would like spring. Where's Punxsutawney Phil when you need him? Weren't we having a conversation about Punxsutawney Phil recently? Was that on the podcast or no? No, it was just between the two of us. We were talking about Punxsutawney Phil. I was saying how, like, like if, if you, okay, so Punxsutawney Phil is from Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. We obviously live in Pennsylvania. And I went to Penn State, which is, like, the middle of Pennsylvania. But, like, if you don't know, like, if you live in Pennsylvania, you know 500 people that went to Penn State. Like, there's, like, some insane statistic that, like, one in every three Pennsylvanians are married to a Penn Stater. Right. Because it's not just, like, the main campus. There's, like, all these branch campuses. Like, whatever. It's, like, a huge thing. And so Punxsutawney, so people... The thing you might you might not realize because you don't see in TV is that like people like tailgate pucks like like Groundhog Day. Like people like drive there at three in the morning and get like fucked up before this groundhog comes out. Um, <laughs> and so I think we were talking like, should we go? <laughs> we would never do that. But people from Penn State used to do that. They used to wake up at three in the morning, drive, like they would drive and go get wasted for this groundhog to come out. And I was like, yeah, no shit. This guy crawls back in this hole. He's of course. Right. He probably looks out. He's probably like, what the fuck is everyone doing here? Who are these yes. drunk people? So I guess he comes out next week. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. If okay, he's good. A shadow. So <laughs> religious or not religious work. Puxatani <laughs> film. Really took a turn. <laughs> really um, took a turn there. So I think, I think, so I guess that's what we're saying is like, is any type of extreme, right? And that can even go back to the parenting thing. If I'm like, so like, this is the only way to parent, it's probably not going to go very well. Yeah. So the question is, where is there compromise in your relationship? That's going to be the big question about can opposites. Of course, opposites attract. The question is, do they work? Yeah. And can you compromise within them, right? And I think when we talk about opposites, we're talking about such extremes. And that's I think that's Mm -hmm. why we keep going back to like how extreme, right? But this, when we talk about extremes in that way, we talk about it in kind of like a rigidity of like this person's all the way on this end and this person's Mm -hmm. all the way on this end. Does that work? Where you might have different parts of you that you haven't Mm -hmm. accessed, right? And there's nuance in every situation. And maybe in one situation, you feel one way. In another situation, you feel another way. So you also might want to think about, you know, 
are there times in which I maybe don't fall as much on on this extreme? Like, can I move towards the middle a little bit? And what does that look like? Because, you know, sometimes when our partner falls on one side, it almost pushes us so far to the other side to feel like we have to defend our opinion or defend what's going on for us. Right. And then we kind of go in this back and forth that like polarizes us even more as opposed to looking at how do we bring ourselves together? How do we look at the nuances of this? How do we connect over the differences. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, totally. So I want to talk about this one. Hobbies. My partner has hobbies I can't do, like extreme sports, and they can make me feel not good enough. Oh. First of all, I think it's great your partner has hobbies. It's great to have your own interests. And it's, yeah. I think there's this um, belief that in order to stay connected in a relationship, you need to be doing the same things and you need mm. to be doing them together and you can have your own thing. And I, I really believe that a healthy relationship allows both of you to hold on to your own individual identities and stay connected to one another. And that might mean each of you having different hobbies. And so I'm wondering for this person, what their expectations are about activities and if they need to be together, are you allowed to have your own hobbies? Is this something that your partner is upset about? Is it, does your partner feel disconnected from you or is this a pressure that you're putting on yourself? How do I communicate with my partner when they expect me to react like they would, but I don't? Mm. I would say literally that. <laughs> Sometimes I struggle to communicate with you. Because I feel like you expect me to react the way you did, but that's not who I am. Here's how I react. I would bring that concern directly into it. Let them hear that concern from you. Can they hear that? Can they see that it's different? I think it's really normal for people to, like, make assumptions, right? Like, it's kind of just, like, a thing that humans do. We realize that we forget that people are different than us. <laughs> and so we make assumptions and we jump to conclusions with that. Bring that concern directly into the conversation. I would also be curious, you know, if you could ask your partner, what is it about the fact that I'm not reacting in the same way? Like what, what upsets you about that? Like oftentimes if we're not having the same reaction, that the, the assumption is, oh, you must not care or you must not, right? Because maybe your partner feels something and expresses it immediately, right? Whereas when you feel that same thing, you do something different with it. And so I would be curious as to like how your partner is interpreting that you not reacting in the same way. Um, and in this example, if they feel like you don't care, right, for you to get underneath that and understand that so that you can express it. No, I actually do care. Like I'm just in my head about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to. So I just react to it differently. I really do care. Is there a way that I can express to you that I care without reacting in the same way that you're reacting? What does that look like for us? Yeah. And this goes to I'm the only one proactively starting conversations. How to encourage more participation. It's probably just going to be you. <laughs> and I, I'm saying that in a way of like, that's such an important role that for me, I think it's more important that you do that hard thing than thinking about things being fair. Yeah. And, and in that, right, let's say you start it. Let's say you're the initiator. I wonder how much you're asking questions mm. to the other person. Because, how much you, or how much you're just talking. Yeah. Or how much you're just talking at them. Ah. Right. So. You might be the initiator. Maybe your partner never initiates the conversation. But 
sometimes when we want our partner to talk, to be included, we just talk at them and we think, oh, this is going to help. Like if I talk at them, maybe they'll, it'll like bring them out of their shell and maybe Mm -hmm. they'll start talking. Um, The thing that we forget is that we need to also ask our partner questions and give them space, right? If your partner isn't one to bring things up, if maybe they're more internal about things, if you ask them a question and then give them space to be able to think and then answer it, it might invite them into the conversation more. And I also think sometimes when we ask questions, if they don't answer immediately, then you start talking over them, right? All anxious. Um, And so if you ask your partner a question to invite them into the conversation and then give them space to be able to think about and then answer the question. Mm -hmm. I just want to talk about this one for fun. Okay, I love um, that. Life insurance. If I bring it up, he brings up the true crime podcast I listen to and deflects. <laughs> what? You should like have life insurance. I, I don't know. You should have life insurance. <laughs> it's reasonable. I don't. I don't have life insurance. You should have life insurance. And listen, but let me tell you about this true crime podcast that I just <laughs> listen to. <laughs> Let me tell you about Scamanda. <laughs> Wait, you I should have break. you should have life insurance. Yeah, I don't. Should I get it? I don't know. I'll talk to I'll talk to an insurance broker about it. <laughs> <laughs> this has turned into a, a podcast about us. <laughs> I don't know, but we're gonna run out of time and we have to talk about libido. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> because people are gonna want to know about um sexual desire. Yeah. Because that is one of the most uh we'll say um mixed mixed ones here's the deal about sexual libido never is your partner going to have the same libido as you it's simply just not going to happen but so this person said libido mine is close to zero and his dot 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 is not (laughs) so one i would encourage you to explore what's happening that yours is close to zero I would encourage you to think about the type of sex you're having if you enjoy that. I would encourage you to think about your experience with sex and your thoughts and feelings and and values around sex. And I would be interested in knowing about the conversation around sex in your relationship and how this goes over. Is there shame for not wanting to have it? Is there avoidance around it? Um, Do you have trauma? Any of these things. But just so folks know, this, this is a typical thing Many, many couples struggle. Yes. I would also ask, is your libido close to zero just in the relationship? Are you masturbating? Are Mm -hmm. you um, feeling sexually charged in other ways? Um, Because that might just give you information about where the lack of libido might be coming from. The key here, too, is not to personalize the other person's lack of interest in sex and to have a conversation about it. Um, Someone wrote, why does my husband make excuses not to have sex with me? Uh, I would talk to him about it, right? To say like, hey, like, I'm just curious. I I understand my libido is higher than yours. Like, what's going on for you? Do you have a lower libido? Like, um, are there reasons why you're not interested in sex? Like, really having an open dialogue about it. I know that can be very vulnerable. Because we do tend to personalize it. Yeah. But I think it's really important to have the conversation because easily that gets swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. We could do a full episode about that, sex and desire. We probably should. Yeah. Okay. Nikki, write that down. Full episode about sex and desire. We can talk about that more because now we're running out of time. We have to do Dear Gem and M. So, Dear M and Jen, 
Money is a source of security for me and a sense of freedom for him. I do everything in my power to save every penny and he has no problem spending. It's interesting that we come from similar financial upbringings as both of our parents really struggled to pay the bills, but we both ended up on opposite spectrums of how we view finances. He knows we will make our finances all work out in the end of every month while I am always worried that my car will break down or a big and needed purchase will surprise us. Does this mean we are not compatible? That's not what that means. No. No. Just so. And just, this is also a very common dynamic that yes. happens in relationships. Very, very common. But it does mean we have to figure out a system that works for us. Yes. So maybe if to say, I understand, I'm not trying to totally be rigid about our finances, but could we talk about putting this much away each month? Could we figure out before we start spending that we have six months of um, a safety blanket, right? So part of this is coming up with another system together. But I want to be clear, that's not, we're never going to like look at something and be like, oh yeah, that's a deal breaker, right? Right. But it's something to really be talked about and to figure out how we're going to navigate this together. And that conversation should come from a place not of stress. It's not something that when it happens, when the car needs the repair, where you say, well, this is your effing fault. If only you had it's saved like that the money. the first, right. first time you uh, censored yourself. <laughs> <laughs> look at us. Look at me growing and changing. Look at that growth. Look know at yourself, grow yourself. There we go, baby. <laughs> um, so, so right. So it has to come from a time of, hey, I am just thinking about how much I love our relationship and how much I love being with you. And I want to get ahead of any potential future conflict. I know we have really different values and ways that we see money. Could we talk about navigating those together a little better? What could work for you? What could work for me? What could work for us? And I, with that, you can say, I don't want this to affect our relationship. I don't want to feel separate from you. I don't want to feel resentful of you. You know, I want to figure out something that works for us both. And yes. with that, once again, comes compromise. And without the conversation, there is no compromise. And the more that your partner spends, the more you might be holding tightly onto your money, right? So that's mm -hmm. where the polarizing really happens when there is no conversation about compromise, you might feel like, okay, well, because there's so much spending on this end, well, it's my job then to hold on to the money. It's my job then to make sure that we're protected if anything comes up. And then that's where resentment builds. And then you're on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. So how do you inch closer where you get to say, I understand I have a lot of anxiety about money, but it's really important for me in order to feel secure once again to have this, these funds. How do we make this work? All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Shrink Chicks. We'll see you back here next Monday for another session. In the meantime, if you want a question answered or a topic discussed, follow us on Instagram at Shrink Chicks. And if you're looking to get connected with a therapist like us to start or continue your therapeutic journey, visit thetherapygroup.com. Just fill out a contact form on our website and we will personally match you with one of our amazing therapists. Also, if you'd be so kind, we'd love a rating review and for you to share with a friend or an enemy or a mother-in-law, honestly, whoever needs it so that we can keep reaching more people on our mission to bring mental health topics to your ears every week. Thanks for being here with us. And don't forget to grow yourself. You got to know yourself.